Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Lisa Bishop, and I oversee the women's ministry and small groups ministry at our Near North location. And throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent for you that would help add a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we created The Daily Cut, short devotionals that we hope encourage you as you grow in your faith and in your relationship with Jesus. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Lisa Bishop. Well, hey, it's good to be with you all. I'm so glad we get to spend the next handful of minutes together. I hope that you are doing well. If you have been tuning in this week to The Daily Cut, you know that we are in the book of Proverbs, otherwise known as wisdom literature. And personally, I've been reading and rereading the book of Proverbs over the past few weeks, and it's a very practical book. Honestly, it does not mince words and sometimes feels like a one-two punch to my flesh and my ego in all the right ways, of course. But Proverbs is a book that gives us practical wisdom for everyday living. And today, we're going to camp out for a bit on Proverbs 17.9, and I'm just going to share some thoughts uh, with you around what that verse says Proverbs 17.9 says this, Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Now, I know all of us listening have many times in our lives been offended by people or have had other people sin against us. And we have been the person that has offended other people and we have sinned against other people. And just this verse, I love camping out on it because relationships or friendships are so, so crucial. And so the wisdom for today is really guiding us towards how to love one another and how to maintain and build and grow close friendships. Now, it's a good practice to read different versions of Scripture to aid us in our learning and understanding. So I just read the ESV version of Proverbs 17.9. I want to read a couple of different versions to you. Uh, The message version of the same verse says this, Overlook an offense and bond a friendship. Fasten on to a slight and goodbye friend. And then the New Living Translation says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. So essentially, the wisdom to be gained here in this one verse is this. In our friendships, when someone offends us or if they in some way sin against us, our response as maturing followers of Jesus is to forgive. And when we forgive, we choose to not hold on to the offense. We act in love and we act from love and we strive to preserve the relationship and build intimacy. Now, this is contrasted with unforgiveness, which unforgiveness is holding on to the offense and repeating it, bringing it up again and again by either rehearsing it in our own minds or continually reminding the person of their offense or we repeat the offense to others. Either way, holding on to the offense or holding the offense against the person is going to result in separating close friends. It's going to result in compromising our relationships. Now, 
The offense pointed to here in this verse can be an offense that someone has committed towards us or a sin that person has committed that doesn't have anything to do with us. But either way, a true person of wisdom that this verse calls us to be does not put a person's sin on blast. We forgive with the goal of restoring and building of the relationship when the offense is against us and when it's not. And our desire for the person who has sinned is that they be restored rather than ridiculed for their faults. And I know our human tendency when we feel like we have been wronged or someone has committed a wrong in some way, we just have this human tendency, I think, to not strive towards forgiveness, but to point the person's faults out. And so that's just part of our sin nature. And and this wisdom principle is, is really calling us again to cover an offense, to love that person in such a way that we strive for forgiveness. And this wisdom principle too can be applied to all of our friendships and relationships. So it's a spouse relationship, a sibling relationship, a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, a relative. And when we look at this word offense, overlook an offense, one thing I think it's important to distinguish is, was I simply offended because the person didn't agree with me or measure up to my standard or handle the things the way I think they should? Was the offense that I'm taking, was it a personal preference or a desire for someone to be how I want them to be and I'm just put off because they're not complying with my version of how they should be? Or is the offense a true transgression? Because this verse, when it says offense, really is talking about a true transgression, a true sin against me or against others. And one good way to start to distinguish between a true offense and a personal preference is to ask the question, does it offend God? Is it ultimately an offense towards God? Or again, is it just an affront to my personal preference? I think being easily offended is almost a form of entitlement these days It's like you say or do something that I don't agree with or like, and I get to be offended. But as followers of Christ, we're called to live differently, to not be easily offended. So I think we first need to examine ourselves, step back from the situation, and again ask, is this a real offense or is it just a difference of opinion? So then the question becomes, what do we do if there is a true offense? What if There is a true transgression or sin that a friend commits towards us. And the the simple answer, but not the easy uh, thing to often do, is forgiveness. So when there is a true offense, a true transgression, we forgive. Whoever covers an offense seeks love. Whoever covers, another word for covers, whoever forgives an offense seeks love. And that's what we do as followers of Christ is we seek love. Now, the Hebrew word used here, which signifies covering or forgiving, implies that love can overcome current and past wrongdoings for the greater goal of preserving relationships and not letting the enemy cause divisions between us. This verse also reminds me of 1 Corinthians 13, 5. It says, it's, you know, you know, the verse 1 Corinthians 13 is all 
uh, about love and what love is and what love isn't. But it says that love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not keep score of the sins of other people. And so again, love covers an offense. It doesn't keep score. It doesn't keep record of wrongs. And if we're honest with ourselves, I think we'd love to keep score. In some way, it gives us a false sense of power and control. We repeat a wrong, hold it against the person, and we keep bringing it up. Now, I'm not married, so forgive me if I'm overstepping my bounds here, but I do see this in marriages where spouses hold on to hurts and just pile up resentment towards one another rather than overlooking offenses. And now I know that there are degrees of offense and sin, so I'm not saying that we always turn a blind eye. There are things that need to be addressed, but we need to help each other in our process of sanctification as we become more like Jesus. And as we take off the old self and put on the new self in Jesus, it takes work and it takes effort and it takes commitment and discipline. So The question is, how do we go about addressing offenses? Do we address offenses with love, with the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit? Or do we address offenses with a spirit of payback or a withholding mentality? And this just doesn't happen in marriages. This happens in friendships too. We get easily offended. Our feelings get hurt and often we simmer and stew on it rather than letting it go and choosing not to be offended or in circumstances when it is necessary, choosing to have a courageous conversation. And what having a courageous conversation essentially means talking about it. So telling a friend that you feel hurt and giving your friend the freedom and safety in the relationship to share when they've been hurt by you. Oftentimes our hurt comes from misunderstanding and we can often misinterpret a person's actions or intentions and addressing a hurt can feel a lot harder than holding on to an offense, but holding on to an offense has long-term implications. We get trapped in bitterness and in, in unforgiveness, and the relationship can be compromised and essentially be broken. So wanting to hold on to an offense gives us also, I think, a false sense of control. Again, this idea of making the other person pay, and ultimately it leads to unforgiveness and it keeps us stuck. And a person who's always dwelling on a grievance and returning to it and bringing it forward on every occasion, again, alienates the greatest of friendships. Now, covering a transgression is how we show love and how we win friends. And it's forgiving and forgetting personal wrongs that others do to us. And a certainty of human relationships is that others will irritate us and offend us. But what we do with those personal transgressions is key. And we have to also remember that as followers of Christ, Jesus forgives us. Jesus is our ultimate example for how we are to cover another's offense, to forgive another's offense, realizing that we have offended a holy God and he withholds no forgiveness from us. So when we model our lives after Jesus, we really adopt forgiveness as a lifestyle. Just as Jesus does not keep score, we don't keep score because again, we are becoming more and more like him. And I love Ephesians 
1 verses 7 through 8, it says, We have redemption in him, in Jesus, through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. So we have redemption in Jesus through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, of our sins, of our offenses towards God. And so we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, work to forgive other people. Now, if a friend hasn't transgressed towards us or sinned against us, but has committed sin in their life, as a friend who seeks love and restoration for that person, we don't tell others about our friend's sin. We honor the person and the relationship as we live as a trustworthy friend to that person. So someone who helps the friend who is caught up by pointing them to truth and praying for them and walking alongside them, pointing them to Jesus, and when helpful, getting resources they need towards healing and freedom from the bondage of sin. That's that's what we do when someone is caught up in sin. But when we cover an offense of someone's sin, we don't gossip about it to others. And this also includes gossip that can often be disguised as prayer. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm not going to gossip about this person or share their sin, but I am going to ask you to pray for them. Oh, pray for so-and-so because they're really struggling with this sin. Now, that again is gossip disguised as prayer. We are meant to cover a person's offense, which means we do not repeat it to them repeatedly, and we do not put them on blast and repeat or talk about their sin to other people. No, we cover their sin and we help restore the person. We don't expose the person. So again, whoever covers an offense seeks love. If that person has offended me, has sinned against me, I seek love by covering their offense, by moving towards forgiveness. And if that person has sinned or transgressed, not against me, but they have sinned or transgressed, my love covers their offense by not repeating it to other people. Well, as we wrap up here, I have a question for you. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now in this moment? Whose offense is God seeking you to cover? Who is Jesus asking you to forgive as you strive towards love, as you strive to love as Jesus does? Let the Holy Spirit bring those people to mind. And my invitation for you is to forgive them, to let go of the offense, to cover the offense, to forgive that person and ask the Holy Spirit to help you to forgive. And just being reminded that choosing forgiveness is something that we do. We may not feel like being forgiving, but forgiving is not based on feeling like it. It's a result of having been forgiven by Jesus and then extending that same grace and that same forgiveness to others. Forgiveness is really an act of will and it's an act of obedience. So ask the Holy Spirit to help you and to help your heart to release that hurt. You can release the person from the debt that you feel is owed you for the offense. And you can simply say, I release you from my judgment and my unforgiveness and I forgive you for, and then you fill in the blank. 
This can be something that you do between you and God. Again, I release you from my judgment and my unforgiveness, and I forgive you for. And again, realize that the feelings of love might not rush into you, but this practice of forgiveness is one of discipline and one of obedience, one that we're called to, one that Jesus models for us, and one of wisdom. Well, it's been great spending this time with you today. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Daily Cut, and we look forward to having you tune in tomorrow.